Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get the lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. But I'm going to tell you this, we ain't done yet. Howdy and welcome back to the Ineligibles podcast. I am Will Stone. He is Chase Caldwell. Yes, we are am. We are back in the saddle. Um, yeah, life happens, but hey, <laughs> we're, we're going to... Every now and then, we're going to keep sitting down and get this thing back on track. But uh, a lot has happened uh, since our last episode. We uh, we're trying yep. to sit here and talk about what we haven't hit on, and we're really sure what 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 had happened or what had not happened before our or like since our last episode. <laughs> we're we're gonna we're gonna kind of scatter shoot it. Um, scatter shooting uh, is a great a great descriptive word for this episode <laughs> I, I don't know if any of you have seen but russia invaded ukraine and uh, what yeah so um the the market's down like 15 percent or something like that yeah. and it's tax season so um your boy has, has been um very 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 busy <laughs> yeah it's why i invest in gold it only goes up <laughs> hey i, I <laughs> I have a single a little bit myself. Um, just yeah, like five percent of the portfolio, though. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I put that amount in in crypto. Um, but yeah. So last last time we spoke, uh, we went we went a little bit long breaking down uh, uh, what ended up being the best recruiting class in uh, recorded history in college football. Bad news, uh, Harold Perkins, our, our five-star linebacker, decommitted uh, shortly after we dropped our last episode. <laughs> like the day after. <laughs> um, but good news, you know, we sat on here and talked about like, hey, this Chris Marshall kid, he might be underrated even at 62 overall in the country. And uh, he gets bumped up uh, a week later or like days days after we recorded to a five-star, like number 30 yeah. in the country. So, um Hey, you, you win some, you lose some, but That's right. uh, as, as much as Harold Perkins was, you know, like we definitely needed a linebacker and, you know, you obviously would have loved to have him. Um, you still end up breaking, you know, breaking the record set by Bama last year. Um, obviously the best class that A&M has signed, that anyone has signed. Uh, and it's, you know, like we said, it, it really hit, uh, you hit pretty much every position that you that you needed to, um, yeah. you, you did you did get a couple of linebackers that are you know that are blue chip players, but um, I don't know. And they, they they still could bring in a a transfer. Uh, they still have a couple spots left, I believe, if they wanted to do that after spring practice. But um, I guess let's focus on the good. And uh, mm-hmm. we did on signing day bring in uh, Jacoby Matthews, safety out of uh, Ponchatoula, Louisiana, and. Uh, five-star defensive end Shamar Stewart, who I think we briefly mentioned in our last episode, um, mm-hmm. but pretty much a consensus top ten player in the country. Um, 
he was expected to to sign with us, and and Jimbo ended up pulling the thing off, uh, fighting off Mario Cristobal over at Miami. Um, but just a just a total freak. I mean, <laughs> I feel like we use that word a lot uh, in our last episode, but it's uh, it's fitting for for, yeah. for 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 all the folks that we said, and, and definitely for Shamar Stewart, uh, six foot six, two hundred and seventy pounds. I think um, could could go up to you know pushing 300 and you know could play inside could play outside uh just incredibly strong and and quick and you know when you look at the at the combine that those those georgia defensive linemen had this past week uh those are the 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 caliber of athlete that that a&m brought in 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 spades in this class well and and great job there kind of breaking breaking it down um and, and filling everybody in the, the, the thing that I'll, I'll say, and not to get too deep in the weeds individually. Um, but you know, I'm, I do have a bad habit of every year getting excited about the recruiting class and getting, you know, this recruiting class is the one true recruiting class that I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt is, you know, the expectations are high. It's not just the excitement is high. The expectations are high. So um, I fully expect these guys to play for a national championship. If they don't, then I'm going to be very critical on the coaching staff on, you know, the, the bar has been raised at this point. They've got the players. They have no more excuses at this point. And I, I don't think they've ever really leaned on excuses. Um, yeah. So some of our rivals would probably argue that we have, and that's fine. You know, I can see where they would say that from us, you know, naming injuries and things like that. Um, but even though the last couple of recruiting classes were really good, they weren't elite. And this one, well, I take that back. They were elite, but they weren't, they weren't, you know, they weren't world beaters. You know, it wasn't a world beating. They were, they were still not the number one class, even in their, their respective years, you know? Um, but definitely whenever you're going against the caliber of Bama and Georgia, you were getting close to being on their level in recruiting. Um, but you weren't quite there still. They were, they still had you beat. You were still taking third or fourth place to, you know, the SEC. And so this one, we, we knocked it out of the park. This recruiting class is exactly where you would want to be for sure. Every single team in history would want to be uh, with this recruiting class. Right. And so, so we're in a very special place with this recruiting class that you can say, um, you know, we're, we're sitting in a place right now where we have so much talent in one class that we're running out of adjectives to describe these guys to drive the point home that this is above and beyond what we ever thought was even possible. And yeah. so it's this is where you want to be. In the other classes, we we're always making excuses for guys. We we're always saying, well, this guy, he's got a lot of upside potential. And for good reason, like Anaya Smith, great example. You know, he was he was one that we really tried to pump up and say, well, he's he's going to be really good. And he, he did. He panned out to be great. You know, Jalen Weidermeyer, another one. You know, guys that 
that were somewhat under underrated. The guys that are underrated, quote unquote, in this class are four and five stars. You know. Yeah. And yeah, the, that's the, the, not the really guys that are underrated, underrated are number are number eighty in the country. <laughs> yeah, they're they're not underrated. They're they're yeah. exactly where they belong. But if they were in any other class that we've ever signed, they would be the home run guy, and they're number twenty on the list in this class. So yeah, that's what that's the biggest thing that I will continue to beat that drum even for the next two years. I'm going to beat that drum that this recruiting class is special. It is yeah. completely different than anything not only Texas A&M has ever seen, but any college program in modern recruiting history. So it, it is a world beating class. Now I expect that to happen and I'll be the first in line to be critical if we get two years down the road and we had nothing to show for it, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think, uh, I think, I think it's across the board. Like there there's there's no A&M fan or anyone associated with A&M that will tell you oh if you know if this group doesn't doesn't make it there then that's okay like that's that's not like like everyone like, like we're all on we're all on the same page like on that same page it's, yeah it's it's natty or bust that's how that's how you and I think that's how the fan base thinks that's how these players think and that's how mm-hmm. Jimbo Fisher thinks <laughs> like his his expectations are way higher than ours are. <laughs> so and, and I'll even I'll even say even given Jimbo's you know eight and four history and you know nine and three and all that, I, there's not a single well the only other coaching staff in the country that I would trust to get us there would be Nick Saban's staff and and yeah. that's it. So and mostly because it's because of Nick. Yeah, so any any anybody dogging on AM are gonna go with the same old, same old. They're gonna go with the same old, oh well, you know, they're a perpetual eight and four team, they'll never be above that ceiling and all of that. They yeah. can keep saying that as much as they want. They're wrong because this is a completely different caliber of team than anything we've ever had before, ever. So, yeah. you know, they can keep sleeping on us, that's fine. I, I really don't care because I know the proof is going to be in the pudding and I fully expect that that pudding is going to be there. You know, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not even worried about it. Honestly, I'm more concerned with, with like what year are we going to do it so that I can kind of start planning my schedule around it. You know, <laughs> like that's really what it comes down to. Um, I'm not going to look this up, but I'm, I'm fairly certain that uh, not this season, but next season, the title game is in Houston. And what could be more fitting than that? Then, oh, if that's the case, we're we're winning that. Yeah, yeah. We got no, to. I'm, I mean, that, Houston might as well be home. If I could, if I could place bets on on Anand to win a title, not this season but next, I I would have already done it because um, I think this, and, and we'll and we'll we'll talk about this all off season. But I think this this team this year has a chance to be to be special and could make it there. I expect next year's too. I think, mm-hmm. like I think, I think we come into the, to next season, you know, probably ranked in the top three, uh, and I, I know that's a long way off, but that's just that's kind of where I see things, and that's what makes it, this year so exciting. Is hey, if you're a year early, you know, if one of these quarterbacks is is a star, and you know, the receivers can make big plays, and defensive line, if those young guys, come, uh, if if they kind of like if they are able to play at a high level really early on. Um, this could be a, a fantastic season. But um, and what, 
When, where was the national championship this year? Do you remember? Uh, I believe it was in shoot. Was it Miami or Indianapolis? I think it was Indianapolis. Okay, because pretty sure it was. It says twenty twenty two Indianapolis, but some you know how that is. Sometimes it's like yeah. Some people will call it twenty twenty one. Some people will call it twenty twenty two. So if if that's if it was in Indianapolis, then you're right. Twenty twenty four is in Houston. Okay. Um, and then how about this coming year? According to collegefootballplayoff.com. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's coming years in Los Angeles. Ooh, okay. At the Rose Bowl, I assume. Actually, uh, I bet it's at SoFi. Los Angeles Stadium at Hollywood Park. What is Is that SoFi? Uh, I don't know. That's a good, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't either. I don't, I, he's, uh, he's, uh, some of these change names so much that I, I can't keep yeah. up. But. Well, if it's not at SoFi, it'll probably be at SoFi in five years or in, with, yeah. in the next five years. Um, real quick, and I, I wanted to do this uh, at some point, and this feels like you know the best episode to fit it in if we're sitting here scatter shooting. Um, as as great as this class was, uh, who are are maybe like one or two guys that were some of your favorites that we ended up not signing? Oh man. We didn't do this before. You're gonna have to take a second to think. Um, I, I've got a couple. If you want me to go first, um, yeah, go first because uh, I, I just need I'll pull the class up real quick and, and that way I can take a look. You know what's funny is um, there was a, a question that came in like like what, there was a Q and A Q&A episode we did last year and we didn't get to this question but it was you know who are our our favorite recruits for you know for for that recruiting class that was that that just signed. Um, and the, the ones I was going to say, we didn't sign any of them. <laughs> I was going to say, really? uh, I was going to say Kelvin Banks. He was, uh, a long time favorite of mine, uh, offensive tackle out of, uh, out of Humble, uh, Summer Creek, I ended up signing with, with the dark side with Texas, uh, was a really, a really good get for them. Um, I think he's going to be a really, really, really great college player. Um, the other one would have been, uh, Kojo Anchui, who I thought, who I thought we, we had a really great shot at a uh, receiver from uh, from Georgia because um, at that at that time I was like, well, we're we're probably not getting Evan Stewart, you know. I think we'll get Chris Marshall, but I don't know who else we're going to get. So uh, I was really all in on Kojo, and I think he's a he's a terrific player. Um, ended up picking Ohio State. Um, obviously, you know, we did get Evan, we did get Chris Marshall as well as Noah Thomas, uh, and a slew of tight ends. So it ended up being okay, but. Um, those are definitely two of, of, of the guys that I, I was really, really high on. And then Bear Alexander. I mean, uh, before I saw Walter Nolan, uh, I, th- I thought Bear was like the best defensive tackle I, I'd ever watched. Uh, I think he's he ended up, you know, he committed to Georgia, and then we thought, like he decommitted, thought he might flip to us, ends up sticking with Georgia. Um, but, hey, uh, he'll have a great career there, and we got uh, six defensive linemen in the top – you know, 75 players. So I think, yeah, I think, yeah. I think we ended up doing okay. Um, so I'll, I'll start with two players that we missed out on, um, that, that I wanted. Um, the first being, uh, I'm going to mispronounce his name. If I don't look at it, there it is. Keonta Goodwin. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, Kentucky. He, he yeah. was a massive guy. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm drawing Isaiah Satania. Satania. Went to, um, 
Arkansas. He was committed to us at one point, decommitted and went to Arkansas. He was he's going to be a a really good, um, really really good player. And then the last one that I really really wanted, um, which which was a he was at least looking at us. I, I think he was he was definitely considering us. Um, he had to have, but that would be uh, Terrence Brooks. Um, oh, Terrence Brooks, yeah, yeah. He he's a yeah. Really, I forgot about really him. Good corner. Um, his dad coined the term. What's it called? Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, wrecking crew. Wrecking crew. A and M. He played for for A and M. Uh, Chet and, Brooks. Uh, Chet Brooks. Thank you. I couldn't think of his name. <laughs> uh, so I like there there for a while, and in one of our episodes where we broke down recruiting, he was still an option, and I think I mentioned that you know like it would be really cool for him to come. Oh, absolutely. You know, help reinvigorate the wrecking crew. Um, but Isaiah Satania has a really interesting story uh, similar to um, Chris Marshall where he wasn't really a big football player until like his junior or senior year. And then he just went off and he, he's, he was, you know, that I like stories like that. So yeah. that was one that I, I was really in on. He's got insane speed. Um, yeah. So he's going he's gonna to be hard for us to cover when we play Arkansas, that's for sure. Yeah. I think um, I think he'll, he'll probably run track at Arkansas because I was like um, his his, his, yeah, his main sport his dad, before football. I think his dad is a track coach at Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, I think you're um, right. And, and he wanted to initially he wanted to split off and do his own thing at A and M, and then he he ended up going there, which is cool. Like I, I'm I'm supporter of the kids either way on that. Like if oh, you yeah. want to go where your parents went to leave, do like a you know. Um, Isaiah situation where you're, you know, playing in your, um, in your play, in your dad's shadow, you know, like you're, yeah. you're following in his footsteps. That's cool. I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I'm also a big fan of, you know, guys like Terrence Brooks that, Hey, I want to cut away and, and make my own name. Yeah. More power to you for sure. And I, yeah. and I think, I think Texas got a really good one with him. Um, and, and I think those three guys there, Definitely are, are guys that I wish we would have landed. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, it's hard to, to disagree on any of those, man. I, I, with with Keontae Goodwin, um, first of all, I, I I bet I bet if you're listening to this, you probably saw the picture of him and Jimbo. Uh, it was the kid that was uh, just an absolute an absolute unit. Yeah, <laughs> you think he's like gigantic. six eight, like six eight three sixty. Um, just just a massive 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 kid. Um, ended up signing with Kentucky, his his home school, um, his home state school. Uh, but but he's he's light on his feet though. Um, he's not just a big big lumbering you know mm-hmm. offensive lineman. Like he's he's got some 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 quicks and some good footwork. Uh, wouldn't shock me at all to see him you know be a three and done uh, and and off to the league kind of guy. Um, definitely like like Kentucky has has been really really good on the offensive line for the past like three or four years. Um, and then they're probably going to continue that with, with, with Goodwin coming in. Um, yeah. And it's a 10 you going to Arkansas. Like that's, it, it sucks to, to have to play him, but you know, luckily for us, we signed uh, some, some pretty good speed on the, on the back end. Um, I don't think we, we said too much about Jacoby Matthews, but real quick, um, you know, he was kind of the, the signing day surprise. Like uh, we, we, we had him and Shamar Stewart choose A and M on 
on signing day, but we kind of expected Shamar and Jacoby was was one that, you know, up until like the day before signing day, we were kind of like, yeah, he's probably not coming here. Like he's from Louisiana, you know, he was given that staff a chance to kind of win him over. Uh, and, you know, I, that, that's the way I thought. I was like, I, I'd kind of written him off. That's why we didn't really talk about yeah, him very I, much. I just assumed <laughs> you know? he was one we wouldn't get, you know. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, uh, Harold Perkins flips to LSU and then we get Jacoby Matthews. And, um, you know, I, I'm glad that <laughs> – so uh, I didn't want to go, like, waste time watching his senior film until he picked us because, you know, like – if he's not coming here, I, I, I don't really <laughs> <Yeah>. care. Um, <laughs> but uh, when, when I like when that started picking up steam, I was like, okay, I'll I'll go watch him and, and see, you know, because I'd watched his junior film a, a long time ago, um, and I was I was going to get on here and say like, oh, like he's more of a you know in the box safety, you know, definitely more of a run stopper, um, maybe not the fastest guy. Uh, well, that's completely false. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he uh, he definitely showed some some speed and and some and some great closing speed and recovery speed um, in his his senior tape. Uh, and he's a big dude. Um, he's his, his build is similar to uh, uh, Antonio Johnson, maybe a little bit thicker, um, mm-hmm. kind of in the six two six three like two o like two hundred pounds two o five range. Um, kick and run though. He's he's not a He's not just a box safety. He could probably play, you know, nickel or or free safety or strong safety. He's, he's a he's a strong pickup. I think he's what like he, he's a borderline five star. He's like number forty something in the country. So he was a, a five star for a while. Um, yeah, you know when they move the recruiting rankings, I, I never go back and look. So you yeah. know I'll be like, oh yeah, he's a five star, and then I look and I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, apparently he's not anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, it was uh yeah it's, it's it always feels good to go into Louisiana and, and get a kid that, that they definitely wanted. Definitely, um, they. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but uh, LSU had a had a horrible day <laughs> on signing day. <laughs> like I, I know they, I know they 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 got Perkins from from us and 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 all that, but everybody else that they were in on, they missed on. Like, uh, yeah, they they led for Toronto Citizen. He picked Miami. Um, that's a Louisiana kid. The kid that Brian Kelly posted the video of him like dancing with <laughs> that super weird video. Uh, that kid picked Alabama and not LSU. <laughs> so um, there was a couple hours that they just kind of swung and missed on. So um, uh, Kelly better pick it up. Uh, because Can we talk things- about that for a second though? About like, the video? Yeah. Well, well just LSU's <laughs> recruiting antics. Uh, it's odd to me because I don't feel like Kelly did any of that at Notre Dame. And I feel the same way. I'm curious if like he wanted to and they prevented him to, and then they let him go at LSU and like do your thing. Or if it was the opposite way where the LSU recruiting staff is like, no, we really need to get this kind of stuff. This is who we are. This is LSU. And he just, he's kind of like, I don't really care. You know, whatever I'll do, whatever. I I think that's what it is. I think it's, I think it's the latter. That's Uh, what I think it is personally. Um, it's just strange. Like it's, it's, I used to always talk about Brian Kelly was a good coach and he was kind of, it was very old school. Like he was always a snake in the grass that was there that all of a sudden he'd land somebody and you're like, dang it. I forgot about those guys. You know, you forgot about him on recruiting. You forgot about him, you know, in the college football playoff. All of a sudden you'd be like, Oh crap, Notre Dame. Dang it. 
you know, and, and it would just crop up and you, 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 at least for me, I would just always forget about him, you know? And, um, I felt like he was very quiet on the trail and yeah. then come out and surprise you. He couldn't be further from that now. And, yeah. and that's, what's very odd to me, but, um, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying watching the weird stuff that they're doing, but, yeah. um, it's obviously uh, not working for them. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And what's, what's funny is, um, I mean, I guess it's, uh, I hope it ends up being funny. Um, mm-hmm. is there, there's, there's some like, like per usual that there's some high profile kids in the coming, uh, recruiting class at Louisiana and, um, there's one of those that's in the top 10, a quarterback, Eli Holstein, that's already committed to A&M. So yeah. um, he's got some uh, – I think Holstein has some relationships within like within that class. And um, I'm not saying that A&M is going to go in there and get five of the top 10, but you, you could see a, a couple guys, you know, mm-hmm. from that state, you know, end up, end up in this A&M class. But um, depends on how they do how, – how LSU does on the field. And, you know, that's – that's what I think Kelly's good at. Although I don't, there's parts of his coaching staff that I'm not crazy about, but yeah. um, he always got the most out of Notre Dame. I I thought like he, he never had the elite athletes of Ohio state or Alabama, but um, always just good, just good football teams. Mm-hmm. College basketball fans join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like, who will make it to the next round? And who will hit the most three-pointers? And then track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TPPN, bet $5 on any college hoops team to win, and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 or older restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Segue enough of that, why don't you give us a rundown of our coaching changes that we've had since our last recording? Yeah, yeah. So, so that's that's kind of what we wanted to accomplish in this in this episode, and just kind of bring everyone up to speed. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are are well aware of of the of the changes that have been made. So, uh, but I, I, actually, I, I don't think so. I, I they think might not we, be. You know, uh, I think most of our listeners are really who we always wanted them to be, which was people that aren't tied into this all the time, and the, the their updates are coming from us. You that's know? true. That's um, true. So. At least the few that talk to me about it, you know, they're they're not people who are too plugged into it. And they're like, oh, thank you for explaining that this guy is going to be really good. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, lots of of changes, you know, across the country and especially here at A&M. Defensive coordinator Mike Elko uh, left A&M for the uh, head coaching job at Duke, um, which is, you know, we often talked about, you know, it would take a, a pretty big job for, you know, for him to to leave here and you know and and take over as a head coach somewhere, um, I, I don't think Duke is a is a great job. But hey, I mean, if if you're ready, you're ready. You know, I'm sure he's. It, se- it seemed like it fit his family really well. So yeah, I'm 
that man did a lot for our school. And, oh, heck yeah. And I've got nothing but good things. And I don't, I don't think I've heard a single Aggie that was bitter about it. You know, we, we're no, all no. hopeful. And he's still been very, you know, pro A&M even after leaving. So, yeah. you know, as far as I'm concerned, he's always got a place back here, you know. Yeah. No, I saw uh, I saw something on Twitter of, of uh, there was some place that was interviewing him. And um, he was just raving about about Aggie Land and about Jimbo and mm-hmm. um, and how how well this thing is is built right now and, and where we're headed. And um, yeah, I thought that was that was that was pretty cool of him. Um, yeah, I, I, I saw the same thing. I think, and it, he was really talking about how like under the radar we are. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Y'all don't realize what all they have there. They've got something building, and it's gonna be yeah. big." Um, so that's cool to say whenever you're recruiting against them, you know, yeah. I mean, not that we go head to head against Duke on all that many players, but yeah. I'm sure there's, there's plenty that he'll want to go after that we're already in on, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for him. I know it's, it's, it's a tough job in a, you know, in a, in a power hop conference, they have, um, certain academic standards, I believe. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's great for him. And, um, you know, it's, if it's if it's time, then it's time, and we wish him the best. But filling in for him is uh, DJ Durkin, uh, who was the DC at uh, Ole Miss for the past couple seasons. Um, formerly uh, DC at uh, Florida under Will Muschamp, and then um, at Michigan under Harbaugh. I think in Harbaugh's first season. Um, after that, was a head coach at Maryland. Uh, did a like a pretty solid job and uh, had some unfortunate things um, that you know, we don't have to get into all of the, the details here. Um, but there was a player that uh, I believe uh, died of heat exhaustion uh, at, at Maryland when, when he was there and, you know, he was eventually fired from Maryland uh, from things stemming from that, that uh, situation. Um yeah. Now it, it obviously, it you know it it, it falls on several people, and from, from what I've read, he wasn't actually like on campus when that happened. But it was like a you know, I think they were they were saying it was like a like a culture thing that I guess had allowed that to happen, um, which is terrible. Yeah, like it's ter- I mean, it, it's terrible it, that 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 happened to that kid. You're always going to get the court of public opinion, and I try not to be a part of that either way. You know, I try not to pile on and I also try not to be, you know, apologetic. But what I will say is we can try to act all high and mighty all day long about like, wow, he, he killed a player, you know, but at the end of the day, none of us knew that player and we didn't have a personal relationship with him. I guarantee, guarantee that he that hurt him way more than it'll ever hurt you and I. Oh yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I could only imagine what that would be. It'd be like losing one of your own kids. So, yeah. um, I, whether it was his fault, whether it wasn't his fault, whether he knew anything about it or didn't, whether any of that, you know, that is a terribly unfortunate thing. And quite frankly, not anything that I'm ever going to put on a, a coach. I could do the same thing with a couple other coaches that are out there. Um, but I'm not going to like, you know, people will say that about Brian Kelly People will say that about some of the others. I'm not going to pile on. I'm also not going to – I'm like, hey, I hope I hope to God you learned your lesson. But at the same right. time, he's not He's not the head coach, you know. Yeah. And, and so, um, 
I think with the head coach, my my the only thing I will say, which is completely and totally speculative, would be that you know when you're in a, when you're a head coach, you're in over your head on everything, you know, and maybe there was oversight there that that he could have prevented, but there's no telling how many things he was overwhelmed by because he's like, oh crap, I got to do this and I got to do that and I got to do this and I got to do that, and he may have dropped the ball on something that. That unfortunately led to a really bad accident, but yeah. But you know, well, let's get off of that to get on to something you know more positive. Yeah, I'm not going to speculate either on how good of a defensive coordinator he is, because quite frankly, if I did, I would be lying to you and I would be making something completely up because I'm just not the guy that you need to go to to say, well, what about this coach? What about that coach? If they're a head coach, I have opinions on them. A lot of OCs and DCs I'll have opinions on. I don't have one on him. You know, there's only a handful of defensive coordinators I really have a good opinion on um, that I, I have conviction in. Um, as far as I'm concerned, if he's good enough for Jimbo, he knows the shoes that he has to fill, and Jimbo knows the shoes he has to fill. If he thinks that he can do it, then he knows a lot better than me, and I, I have faith that he can, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely not a. You know, like I like after following this for so long, like you, you start to to, you know, become familiar with, with with a lot of these these coaching names and things like that. Um, yeah. And 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 DJ Durkin is actually one that uh, I'm probably more familiar with than, than a lot of of the other names that we we, we maybe could have hired. Yeah, um, same. And, and first and foremost, in you know after the twenty seven the 2017 season when we were, you know, it was pretty obvious we were going to let, let Kevin Sumlin go. Um, you know, if we hadn't been able to get Jimbo Fisher, uh, DJ Durkin was a guy I really wanted. Um, he'd only been at Maryland for a year, but, um, he had like a top, I think he had like the number 17 recruiting class in the country at Maryland. Um, mm-hmm. they had, I mean, they, they, they beat Texas in his first game there. Um, yeah. And they, they actually had a, a pretty good thing going until they lost two quarterbacks and um, ended up not finishing, you know, great. I think they went to a bowl maybe, but they were like six and six. Um, but, you know, he, he was he was a young star in, in coaching until, you know, that unfortunate thing happened. But um, I, I think I think it's a great hire. Uh, I think he'll bring some uh, energy on the recruiting trail as well. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, is uh, early, early last season, um, w- like we were doing like one of our first buy sell holds. Uh, I-, I sold the crap out of the Ole Miss defense. I was like, they're a fraud. <laughs> like they stunk last year. They're going to stink again this year. <laughs> like uh, I just left no room for them to improve, <laughs> you know, um, but I'll give it to him. Like he, you know, he took a unit from like in the ranked in the hundreds in his first year. Um, into like a top 50 unit, you know, and, and, yeah. and did some, some nice things. Um, I think some folks were worried that he was going to – like he, he mostly ran a, a three-man front at, at Ole Miss, but uh, he, he really didn't have the guys. And like you can already see just from the first couple of spring practices that the A&M has had, uh, it's still going to be a four-man front on, on defense. I'm sure he'll he'll move some guys around and do some creative it, things, but it's got to be that's who, that's where our strength is. So yeah, uh, I, for I sure. would imagine so. Uh, but you know, it could also be could be a stylistic thing. It could be that he didn't feel like he was a good fit at you know in in these more high flying offenses that he would have had at Florida with Muschamp and 
yeah. he definitely Ole Miss. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. so I, I think it it may be that he wants a more old school type of play, and it could also be that Jimbo wants somebody that can can hold the defense while he transitions us into more of a you know passing team. Yeah. Um, it could be a little bit of both there, but that's yeah. that's what I see on it. And I, again, I'm not going to speculate too much because I, I'm, my opinion isn't going to be all that great about whether he's good or whether he's bad. Um, I'm not going to sunshine pump him, but I am going to say I trust in Jimbo, especially on coaching hires. I, he's never proven me wrong to this point. I'm I'm all about it. You know, I think yeah. I think he's he'll he'll do good, and I'm looking forward to seeing. See what it is he he's got high expectations for me. Understand that because yeah. our defense is stacked. You know, if yeah. you can't you can't play play defense with that defense, we don't need to hold on to you for a couple more years to see if no. we can sort it out. We need to get rid of you and get on to the next guy. Yeah, no, like, I'd I'd honestly be pretty shocked if he was a failure here. Like I, I me too. I, I I expect him to be a head coach somewhere in two more years, you know, <laughs> um, like he, he did his time at Ole Miss and, you know, he's, you know, he's running, uh, the defense for a premier program now. And, um, it, it wouldn't shock me at all to see him as a head coach, you know, in the not, in the not. Maybe, maybe that he didn't want to be though. You he know, may not want to be. True. He, 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 he might not. say, you know what? I'm perfectly happy with DC. I'm not under the stress I was as a head coach. And yeah. if that's the case, he might come here, be a really good DC. And then we may keep him for 10 years, you know? Yeah. So, um, we'll see. I think the, the last comment I'll make on him, and this is just from what I've kind of uh, gained from from reading other people's opinions of him, um, from various you know message boards and Twitter and you know those kinds of places. But um, I think the only real differences between him and Elko will be um, Durkin may be a bit more aggressive in some of his uh, his ideas. Um, which may lead to, I mean, it'll probably lead to more, like creating more negative plays, like more, like maybe more sacks and more turnovers, but maybe giving up a few bigger plays, um, Mm -hmm. you know, in in terms of uh, explosiveness and things like that. But um, I don't know. We'll we'll see. Um, I'm interested. I mean, really just to see where he decides to put people in terms of just like just personnel wise, because, you know, he's got so many tools to work with and, you know, uh, you'll have, you know, one DC or like one coach will see it for like, like they may see a guy fit somewhere and you know, a new guy comes in and wants to like, maybe sees them in a better fit at a different spot. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's a, a, a storyline for, for spring ball that, you know, is, is really interesting to me, but um, me not the only coaching turnover that we had uh, offensive line coach, Josh Henson uh, left to take a, uh, the O-line and co-OC, uh, under Lincoln Riley staff at USC, um, great get for them. I think you know. I think Josh he took some heat here. <laughs> yeah, I think he took some heat here that probably wasn't warranted. Um, produced a really really great unit in 2020, um, and then you know over the course of last season was able to to cobble together a, a pretty solid line by the end of the year. You know it, it, when he had to, to to turn to a couple of freshmen. Um, and, and recruiting wise, you know, he he brought in some in, in some nice players. But uh, A and M has brought in uh, Steve Adazio, uh, famous for the guys being dudes video. So, uh, so if you've ever <laughs> seen that clip, 
uh, that's who that guy is. Um, he was the head coach at Boston College for a bit. Uh, ended up, you know, getting getting let go up there. Uh, spent, I guess, spent two years at Colorado State, and then uh, was fired from there uh, this past season. Um, but b- before all that, was the offensive line coach at Florida uh, under Urban Meyer, and was you know a, a pretty good recruiter on that staff back in the day. So. Um, you know, I saw a lot of negative comments like, oh, like we're bringing in this failed head coach from blah, blah, blah. And I don't know why we're doing this, but, uh, we didn't hire him to be a head coach. Like we have a head coach. Yeah. We needed an, an O-line coach and he's, he's pretty good at that. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think people just like to be upset if they, if they don't hire the name that they think we should. And, uh, they don't really know if, if those people are are good offensive line coaches or not. Heck, and, and, and I don't either, but, you know. I, I, that's what I was about to say. I Henson, whenever we hired him, I was like, who? We're hiring a, a line coach from Oklahoma State? Like, yeah. what? And he proved me wrong. So, again, I, I defer to Jimbo on that uh, because I definitely don't have an opinion on O-line coach. I did see a little bit of sights and sounds where it seems like he's a <laughs> oh, bulldog. Man. So I'm looking forward to seeing some clips between, you know, like when the O-line is going against the D-line to see like him with the O-line and Coach Coach Price with the D-line. You know, there's there's a very similar energy there from what I could tell. Oh, that's, um, that's a good comparison. So, so I, I want to see <laughs> I want to see how that pans out. That, that looks like it'd be fun to, to watch. But, um, yeah. yeah, I have confidence in him. I mean, he has the talent to, to you know, do something with it. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, the offensive line is probably more of my forte than any other uh, coach. Like, if, if we hired a new cornerbacks coach, I wouldn't be able to tell you a daggum thing if he's any good or not. <laughs> you know, I would probably just exactly. go look at his at his at his passing defense numbers on whatever team he was on. So, um, but with O line, like uh, you know, for, from what I understand, um, Adazio is like his ideology and scheme is more in line with what, with what Jimbo wants to do on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it sounded like, uh, that Josh Henson and Jimbo, you know, it, it's not that they, you know, didn't see eye to eye or didn't get along, but it, it's just, it's just different. Like different coaches yeah, have different, differing philosophies. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, th- I think Hitson will do great at, at USC. Uh, oh, I think, I think he will too. I, he's a great coach. He proved himself to me for sure. Yeah. And um, like that kind of system is 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 what he knows the best. Is what he's always kind of been around. But um, I will say, uh, expect expect A and M to run the football uh, very successfully this yeah. this season. <laughs> that's uh, that's my expectations. I think I think the the line themselves have have grown together quite a bit over the last year. And um, I think, I think we've got even more talent there now. Um, so they're learning this thing together and I think that will help. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have confidence there will be a lot of improvement there um, no matter who was going to be the coach. Uh, but we might find that he's an exemplary coach and this time next year we might be saying, I always, I always say that, um, that, your biggest question mark in the spring normally be normally ends up being your biggest, you know, check mark at the end of the year where it's, you're not even worried about it going into next year. And, um, 
and then of course that one always falls off, you know, a little bit. And, and so it's, you never know what, what next year will hold, but anytime I'm really questioning a certain position group that suddenly, you know, ends up being, being the other, the other question mark that I had. So I'm really confident in the O-line, but the other position group I can say might end up doing the same thing would be wide receivers. I was about to say that. Yeah, I have big big question marks on wide receivers, but we might that might end up being the strength at the end of the season. That you know, we go back and listen to this episode, and I'm like, yeah, that wasn't a question mark, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or it didn't need didn't need to be one, you know. Yeah, well, heck, I guess with that, um, let's uh, let's let's transition to a little bit of spring ball talk. Um, so A and M uh, had their first practice on Monday. I think they practiced again tonight. Um, I've already kind of taking a peek at the at the clips that have, have been put out from that and all that good stuff that we always look forward to in spring because the media gets to see the first 15 minutes which is usually stretching and uh some some pretty pretty standard you know yeah. positional drills and things like that but um just off the top like it's really at this point for like physical changes like who who put on some weight who cut some weight um what do the new guys look like things like that who's lining up where um Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing uh first impression um the like of of everything that i've seen this week what stood out to me most immediately was uh how big of a kid jake johnson is uh Mm -hmm. the the true freshman tight end uh, early enrollee um should be a senior in high school should be still you know uh going to prom that was coach someone's favorite line um but uh uh he's he's a he's a he's much bigger than I thought he was. Like, you know, I, I think, I think I, I'm pretty sure I compared him to Caleb Chapman, uh, in our last episode. Um, not true. Like taller than Caleb, thicker than Caleb. Um, he, he looks like a, a prototypical tight end. Like this is a, yeah. this is a big dude, uh, smooth route runner. Um, we'll see about his blocking, but, um, you know, he's, he's the only one of the, of the early enrollee or of the, the true freshman tight ends that early enrolled. So uh, he's getting invaluable reps right now. And um, he's, he went from being a guy I thought, you know, may get some playing time to, I mean, I, I feel like he's going to be in the rotation uh, at some point at tight end. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. Um, any position group changes that you, you've seen that you like? Um, I think I think one for sure, and it, like it may not. I don't think it'll it'll make much of a difference this year, but maybe in a couple of years. Um, uh, they moved uh, Demetrius Crownover. Demetrius Crownover. T- that's who I figured you were going to say. Yeah, um, uh, I, I think that's a really good move for him. Um, I think we're a lot more stacked at tight end than we need to be, and yeah. him him moving the line. He seems like he's got the size for it, and and then he seems like he's got the body that he could put on more size too. Um, he does. So, yeah. So I, I think that would be a really good move for him and, you know, may end up, may end up being really good for us down the road or he, you know, may not, you can't ever tell with, with yeah. position changes in college, but, um, I, more power to him. I, I think, um, I hope, I hope it works out for him for his sake and for yeah. our sake. And, um, we'll see. I, I, uh, I haven't watched much of practice myself, um, so I can't really speak to 
what changes are there uh, other than just little things I've read here and there. Um, but really what I, I think for me, what I'll say is, as it pertains to spring ball is what I'm excited to see or really what I'm going to be watching for. And that's, that's to see what receivers are out there, you know, yeah. what receivers are in the rotation. You're not going to get a true idea of what that is. Um, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen what, the press sees, and then what the team sees, you know, and it's always different. It's always much different. Um, So really, you know, in times like this, if you are following it closely and you do want every ounce of information that you can get, go read Billy Lucci's, you know, comments and what he says, because he's one that he's not just going based off of what he sees in that 15 minutes of stretch and, you know, balls on air. He's gonna he's gonna be looking at um, you know he's gonna be talking to guys and really hearing what's going on in the program. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of changes that are gonna happen in in the receiver group, and I, I think we'll we'll probably you know see a lot more guys. I, I hope to see a lot more guys rotate in and out, um, and I, I think we have the the depth there now that we can really do that. The question yeah. would be can the talent translate to the field and can they, can we have enough guys that we have enough confidence in learn knowing the routes, knowing the scheme and all of that, that, you know, we can move forward with. Um, But I think we do. I mean, we got Moose Muhammad. Um, I I have a lot of confidence in, in Evan Stewart being an early guy on the field. Um, You'll Keith Brown, I think is really, really, really going to be good for us. Um, I have a lot of confidence in him. Um, I just could tell from the last few games of the season, we were doing everything we could to get the ball in his hands whenever he was on the field. Yeah. Like we were, every play was setting up trying to get him the ball. That's on purpose, you know, and there's a reason for that. And that reason would be what they see in practice. It's not that he was, you know, a five star athlete or whatever. And, and so they're trying to appease him. It's something that Jimbo has seen. And they're like, as long as he has the ball, that's all that matters, you yeah. know? And so, um, that tells me that we're going to see a lot of him probably at both, probably at both positions, running back and wide receiver, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I think it sounds like he's more of a receiver type. So, um, I think he'll play there. I've heard a lot of good things about Devin price too, which I'm yeah. a big fan of because of my history with him, you know, whenever he was a kid and I was, you know, working for the team. So, um, I really, really want him to succeed, um, yeah. for selfish reasons, just cause, um, I love that family so much, um, yeah. but but I've heard really good things about him too. So that that's very very good to hear. You know. Yeah, yeah. I think um, from everything that I can gather, and even from just a couple of clips that I've that I've that I've watched uh, from 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 what little we've been able to see at practice, um, I think I think I think I think we should all expect Evan Stewart to. Uh, either start this fall or get a lot of playing time. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he has showed up to campus uh, as advertised um, as a five-star receiver, a top, top 10 player in the country. Um, we just don't have any, any other dudes like that. Like yeah. uh, he's, he's so quick and so fast and his, his, his footwork and his, his route running is going to be just, it's not something that, that, that we've we've seen in in a while, and, and probably not since since Christian Kirk. 
uh, in Josh Reynolds. So, and we uh, have a lot, like almost too much depth at tight end. Um, yeah. So I think we'll see a lot of two tight end sets that are, you know, two guys out there that can both block and catch the ball, which yeah. is going to alleviate some stress off the receivers too. Keep them, mm-hmm. keep them, you know, um, keep them not healthy, but um, fresh, fresh, and and get a good rotation in. Yeah. Um, I, I uh, of course, uh, we'll we'll mention the the probably elephant in the room for those that do follow um, that Demond Demas is no longer with the team. Um, he his is going to definitely be a court of public opinion. Um, it's a Title IX issue where um, he's accused of domestic violence um, from another athlete at Texas A&M. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, that's one of those things. We're never going to know the true story because it won't ever come out. Um, so that means that I'm never going to have an opinion on it one way or the other because I just don't know the story. Now, if I hear the story and know the story from good credited sources, then I can form my own personal opinion, but I probably won't say anything in, about that on the podcast. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and so, um, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, he's no longer with the team. And if, uh, if what he's accused of doing is true, then good. You know, yeah. he doesn't belong on the team. I don't care how much talent you got. You yeah. know, there's no reason to ever, ever assault a female whatsoever. So yeah. I won't stand for it. I, you could be the best. You could be a Heisman Trophy winner, and no, I, I, I'm not going to defend you. <laughs> you yeah. know, you yeah. don't deserve it. So um, it's it's something that there's there's no place for. And you know, as a an A and M football podcast, it's something that that we you know certainly are supposed to address in in some yeah. form and I, I think i think that's i think that's the right approach is you know if if accusations are accurate you know uh we we, we i think we definitely feel for you know the the victim here and mm-hmm. um you know he shouldn't be on a uh division yeah. one football team and should probably you know serve some jail time you know or, or however you know like, like whatever right. the penalty is it, it should be you know it should be levied. So, um, well, generally speaking, it, the penalty never matches the crime on on this kind of thing, unfortunately. But um, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know what happened, so I'm not going to pile on the kid. Yeah. Um, but I'm definitely not going to defend the kid either. Yeah. Um, and, and if it was a blatant thing where somebody was coming after money and it was obvious, that'd be one thing. It's not one of those things, and we're never going to really know the truth. So the last thing you'll hear me saying is, oh, well, you know, things like that happen. He's a football yeah. player. Put him on the field. Uh-uh. You're yeah. not getting that from me. He he can go rot in a jail cell if what he did is true <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, there's no place for that in, 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 in anywhere. So, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a brighter note, I think, you know, the, the receiving core has, has been a, you know, uh, a spot of inconsistency, you know, with, with, you know, drop passes or, or mm-hmm. wrong routes or, or injuries, you know, or, or stuff like, you know, getting kicked off the team. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Caleb Chapman, you know, like I've, I think he's got all the ability in the world, but, you know, he's, uh, was injured last, 
know, two seasons ago, or he was injured four seasons ago, and then two seasons ago, and then missed a lot of last year, uh, is not able to go through spring ball. Um, you know, fingers crossed he he is able to get healthy and, yeah. you know, and able to, you know, contribute this fall. Um, I'm definitely rooting for that, but, um, you know, if, if you, if you roll out there with the, with a group that consists of Anaya Smith, Evan Stewart, Moose Muhammad, uh, you'll Keith Brown and Jalen Preston, mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 I don't hate that at all. I mean, I think no, you've got, not at all. You, you've got, you've got, when you speed. got Chris Marshall waiting in the wings, you got yeah. Price waiting in the wings, you got, you got this, this, plethora of talent if chapman you know is in and out all season i think we've got guys that that can fill in his spot and if i I, i'm confident in the talent that we have being able to say hey if chapman needs to sit this game we're not playing him anyways because it's alabama you know i don't i don't feel like i've seen jimbo do much of that like i like you do most coaches Mm -hmm. um most of the elite coaches don't do that it's just next guy up but um but I, I still think that, you know, there's always going to be that pressure of like, well, can you play? You know, do you think you can do it? And um, there still will be some of that, but I think who we have on the sideline makes it to where we don't have to rely on that, you know. At least yeah. I hope so. But yeah. but there again, I will say this to be a negative Nancy. We say this every year about the receiver position. Yep. And then – they come in and we play the same four guys, not throw the ball around. It, it's it's it'll make you scratch your head mid season of like what is going on? Yeah. You know, this past year it was Demond Demas. Why isn't Demond Demas out there? Why isn't what's holding him back from being able to play? And who knows what it is? But hopefully Evan Stewart isn't the same way. Hopefully he is who we think he is, and he's going to go out there and he's not going to be a guy that we don't see for a year and a half, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see the receiver position. That's the position I'm going to have a spotlight on all, all, all the way up until the season, you know, um, yeah. through spring ball, through, through fall camp and th- every little, every little snippet that I can get from Lucci about receivers. I'm going to be reading it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I hope that I hope that Evan Stewart goes out and has a has a spring game like a, a Jai Hall had last year at Alabama. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a, that's what I thought Devon would do. You know. Yeah, that would would send this podcast into a new stratosphere of excitement. <laughs> yes, it would. Yes, it would. Um, but I th- I think uh, I think you should expect big things out of uh, out of number ten uh, Evan Stewart. That's his, uh, yeah. his, his number now. I actually, I saw tonight that he was actually running with the ones, uh, to start practice. Uh, I think Good. it was because I think Preston, uh, wasn't out there. Cause I, like, I, if, if someone knew is with the ones that wasn't there before, I always check to see if they're anywhere else, uh, mm-hmm. to see if they're injured. So, um, Preston may be like, like nursing something and just wasn't, uh, like wasn't a full go, but, um, you know, it's, it's pretty difficult on a Jimbo Fisher team to, you know, even be have the possibility of lining up with the ones as a true freshman. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think Anthony Lucas is running. He's like the only scholarship person on the on the on the third <laughs> string defense, <laughs> just because he's like, hey, like you're you're a true freshman. Like you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna work your way up. But yeah, um, you know, on that note, uh, you know, I think 
uh, and, and like we, we haven't even mentioned quarterback yet. Like that's, you know, like, yeah, the, they, sure. that, that's the one a question that everyone's going to want to know. But, um, I guess, I guess we can close with that, but, yeah. um, I, I think honestly, like, you know, receiver quarterback and then defensive line are the big ones for me, just because like, it's obvious that we have a lot of talent there at, at defensive line, but we just lost so many snaps off of that unit. Like, uh, we just lost, you know, pretty much a starting four in, in mm-hmm. PV, Leal, uh, Johnson and Clemens. Um, you bring back McKinley Jackson, you bring back Isaiah Rakes and, uh, a whole bunch of second year guys that, that haven't really, you know, they, they basically all redshirted last year. So, but they're, you know, like we hype up this, this defensive line class that's, that's coming in and, you know, a couple are already here, but, uh, the group, the group that signed the year before them or, is, is, is no slouches either. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's two five stars and Shamar Turner and Tamishi Adelier. Um, Elijah Judy was a four-star kid. Uh, Marcus Burris was a four-star kid. Um, Josiah Harris was a four-star kid. And then we have a wealth of riches at that position. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. And then, and then Albert Regis, you know, he's, he was like a borderline, like, like I think he just missed the cut for, for being a four-star, um, he looks tremendous. I mean, yeah. like, and, and then Fadil Diggs. I think he's. I think he's primed to to, to really break out and, and get a lot of playing time. But um, I, I, I know earlier you brought up Lucci, and um, I'm definitely not just going to you know copy and paste everything that, that he says into this <laughs> podcast. But I, I will. Sure. I will. I will say one note. Um, you know, whenever whenever Lucci will bring up you know a certain name, you know, multiple times over and over and over and over. And over um, There's a reason from, from, you know, fall practice, like late fall practice, bowl practices, um, you know, early in the off season, things like that. Uh, you start to listen and you start to think, Hey, this is probably going to be a player we need to watch. And that's yeah. the, like the guy this year is, is to me, she um, redshirt freshman defensive end out of, uh, Katie Tompkins, I believe. Um, didn't play a lot last year. I think he had some injuries and maybe some other stuff that, that we don't really know about, but, um, from everything that, that, that we've read and, you know, and, 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 and read from Billy and, and heard, and heard from Billy and, and everywhere else, um, he is really, really come on and, uh, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, I mean, he's, he's running with the one, with the ones right now, him and Fidel Diggs are your starting ends. Um, but they, they really think very highly of, of Tamisha and, um, it wouldn't be a shock at all to see him. Uh, really, really burst onto the scene this year. Yeah, I I, uh, I agree. That's what I was trying to say earlier, for sure. You, <laughs> you, you definitely said it more eloquently than me, um, <laughs> that if Lucci keeps mentioning a guy over and over again, it's not because he, he looked great whenever he was stretching. It's because right. somebody is talking about him on the sidelines saying, hey, you know, watch him. He's going to be good. Yeah. And that's coming from within the program, I'm sure – which means that he's probably being talked about within the program of like, hey, he's gonna be he's gonna be good. So I had I had a lot of high expectations for Tumiche. So he was one I really wanted. He was one I didn't think we were gonna get, and then we ended up landing him. He was that was big time. Um, so I'm. It's not really a surprise to me that he's he's doing as well as he's doing, you know, because I really expected that he would be pretty good, you know. But yeah. um, 
But yeah, I, a wealth of riches at that position. That's what Jimbo wants the whole team to look like. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's trying to do. And, and we we chastise him. I've chastised him. Everybody chastises him of these receivers aren't going, aren't rotating enough. You know, play the, the other quarterback. You know, we, we get mad because we're only playing these junior and senior guys. But I think – some of that is Jimbo just being, you know, uh, like he's 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 trying to force it and say, no, this is what I want. It's not going to work yet, but we're eventually <laughs> it's going to work because we just have to get the guys built up behind him. And um, you know, if if we can build out the rest of the team over the next few years to look like our defensive line, there's no doubt in my mind that we have have a national caliber team. But I. I think I think that's where we're at now. I think yeah. you know when you look at our best three classes prior to this year were our last three classes, and then this class combines for the same amount of five stars of all of all three of those classes combined. I mean, come on, you know, like it's it's just we're there. We're we've got the depth now. We've got to keep plugging away, keep keep building on that, and um, you know if you. I'll say it this way because, you know, I, I expect that we'll have a, some of the same criticisms midseason this year. Um, when there is that position that you're like, why are there these older guys out there that we're throwing out there, even though we have these young talent guys behind them that would probably be better, why don't we just go ahead and move those guys in? Look at the f- defensive line. Look at the, the success we're having there. And, and realize that's where we're headed. That's what we're trying to get to. And, and I think that can be at least give you some sort of solace. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have the nail on the head, um, and, and especially with D-line. Like, um, like, like all these second-year guys that, that we just named, I, I'm sure they're well aware of, of the, the players we just signed in this class. And uh, I'm sure they know that guys like Walter Nolan, uh, Anthony Lucas, who's already on campus, um, and I, White, Gabe, Dendy, Shamar Stewart, they know that th- these highly rated guys are coming in and they're going to, you know, be engaged this spring and, and fight for a spot and be like, hey, like, I'm not getting passed up by a true freshman. You know, like, th- this is this is my spot. I'm not giving it up. And um, that's what you want in, in a, like, in, in, in any position is, is that competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of competition, this may be the most – Heated or in closest quarterback battle <laughs> at A and M that that I may have even like seen or or, or, or witnessed, you know, like it's it, it's definitely close to Kyler and Kyle. Yeah, um, definitely be, close it, it, to that. It would be like that, and then if you added uh, like a Trevor Knight or somebody to those three, <laughs> like some veteran from yep. somewhere else to those three, yep. um, it it really would, uh, you know. When we were talking about the quarterback position last year, I wanted to say good things about all of them. I'm not going to put any of them down. I did have a lot of high expectations for um, Eli Stowers, so that one was always still this kind of a curiosity to me. Um, but of course, he had surgery right after um, the the season, so that kind of is an indicator of ah, that's probably what was going on. But yeah. um, yeah, you know, as much as I really wanted to say really nice things about all the guys, um, 
there was never a doubt in my mind that King was good. King was the guy. Yeah, um, absolutely. And and so Calzada, I've I've already given credence to him. He he really stepped in a hard position. Did really well. Beat Alabama. I mean, he 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 was a hard fighter. You know, played with a busted knee and busted shoulder. I mean, yeah, but but I, I just I still he was very similar to to Kellen in that regard. Of I, I don't think this the ceiling was quite there for him at least not in college, and um, I think he he kind of he kind of played to his potential. And um, these three guys that we have now, I don't I, when I say when I'm about to say good things about all three of them, I'm not sugarcoating any of it i'm not saying it from the standpoint of i don't want to say that ah, this kid he's he's okay he's not that bad yeah these three guys are, are, are great for their own various reasons like um you know max johnson is is very um he's a veteran guy he's a veteran sec guy um that that i think could bring a lot of maturity to that position, which which is just as needed as anything else, and um, brings a lot of experience there. We've got King, who I really think will be a good quarterback. I think if he's not going to be an elite quarterback for us, he's going to transfer somewhere else and be an elite quarterback for somebody else. Um, he's he's that good. But Connor Wigman is going to be a Heisman caliber guy by the time he graduates A and M. Um, so there's three guys that truly have the talent, but all of them have different skill sets. All of them have different strengths and different weaknesses. You know, the weakness to Wigman is young. He, he, he needs to learn the playbook. He needs to do all that. The weakness to, to King is he injury prone or was a one-time thing, you know, um, the weakness to Mac, Max Johnson. He's, he's new to the, the, um, playbook too, you know, um, but he's got the experience. King has the experience, but not the playing time. You know, Wigman doesn't have the playing time, but he's got the, the raw talent. So mm-hmm. um, they all have their own unique skill sets that I think we pattern the offense around whoever ends up being the guy. And um, we're not going to see that at the end of spring ball. I can guarantee that. And yeah. whenever we go into fall camp and every ESPN reporter is saying, there's a quarterback battle at Texas A&M, it is, is going to be a true battle. Yeah, I, it will definitely be a true battle. We're not giving lip service to it, even though we know King is the guy, like we did this last year. Yeah, we're gonna be battling it out between these three guys, and and I can't wait. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see how Jimbo really handles this situation. You yeah. know, because I've seen how other guys have handled this situation. I want to see how Jimbo handles it because this is what he's known for. This is what he's supposed to do. I want to see him do it. You know. Yeah. Uh, I want to see him do it here, not just in the past. Right. Yeah, and you know, we, we talk about competition, and the thing about quarterbacks, they are super competitive. <laughs> they like e- each one of these guys. You know, has it in their mind that they are the guy. Like they are the best at what they do. They're, they're going to be the guy that leads A and M to you know uh, to to some great things. Um, and they're going to bring it. Like, there's no one that's just like, you know, just going through the motions at practice and, and just kind of cashing it in. Uh, they're all going to be trying their damnedest to to be the guy. As, as soon as the the dust settles. Mm-hmm. But I think you nailed it. Like, there's 
they all have different things. Like Max Johnson started all of last season for LSU and threw 27 touchdowns and only six picks. Like, uh, and, and that was on a team that had a crap on line and a crap running game and a lame duck head coach. Um, and, you know, like his like his dad is a, a Super Bowl winning quarterback and, you know, like he – he grew up. It, it, it's like it's like Muslim. It's it's like Moose Muhammad or any other yeah. you know uh, son of a of a pro player. Like they're just so much more versed in what it takes to be successful at this level. Uh, Haynes King is the son of you know a longtime head coach at Longview, um, and then Connor. Like you know he's he's got more ability than, than both of them, and he's just young and doesn't. I think that like what what puts Connor in this race is that he's here in the spring. If he was, if he was only going to be here in the fall, I wouldn't give him hardly, hardly any chance to, to eventually be the guy. But he is here, and he's he's not doing any baseball. He's strictly football this this semester. Um, he's got a shot just because of his 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 gifts, and you know, if he can pick up the offense, you know, it's it's going to be really difficult to keep him off the field. But you know, if if you ask me today, I, I would still give King the slightest of odds as as the favorite and you know max johnson probably right behind him and then connor not very far behind him but Mm -hmm. um things change and you know um it's going to come down to uh who 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 can impress jimbo the most who knows the playbook who doesn't turn the ball over um who makes the most plays and all that sort of stuff so um i i think our the ceiling and the floor for the quarterback position and by virtue of that, the offense as a whole, I think ceiling and floor are both much higher than they were last year. Like, yeah, I was uh, going to say, I would say the floor is about what we had last year. Ceilings are going to be much higher. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I definitely agree. I think both of them are higher. I think, I think we'll, I think we'll be very happy with the quarterback, no matter who it is. Um, yeah. All three of them are gonna be we're gonna be really happy with it. Yeah, I think so too. Um, there's there's so much to get into, and uh, it, it felt good to to get this episode uh, done and, and hit on all these all these different things that have that have gone on in the Anon program um, mm-hmm. and get you guys up to speed. But uh, I think next week uh, we'll probably talk a little a little bit of A and M as well. But um, we're going to be doing our uh, are way too early uh, top 15s, uh, both Chase and I. And, we, and we're, we're not going to have any, you know, any convo beforehand. We're just going to show up with our 15. <laughs> and uh, and, and then, then we'll and, do it live. And, and we're going to uh, do it live. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, I think we also are due for a Q&A episode because um, yes. a lot of people have been asking me for that lately. Um, a lot of people have been asking me for an episode lately. <laughs> um, but definitely been asking for a Q and A episode. So yeah, no, that's we'll, we'll do one of those soon too. That's so if you have needed. any questions that we haven't been answering uh, because of our hiatus, definitely message us on Instagram or Twitter and and start getting those questions in because really want to have a lot of good Q and A. We want to have so many that we can break it into two or three episodes. It gives us oh, yeah. easier content that way. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> But we obviously want to bring y'all what y'all want to hear and not just ramble on about stuff that maybe you already knew. So um, if there's anything you want us to, to discuss, please send it in um, and we'll make sure that 
uh, we'll get it on an episode here pretty soon. So, yeah. And if you're, if you're, if you're one of the ones that are still listening right now, you probably have some good questions. So, <laughs> uh, like Chase said, uh, hit us up on on our, our social media platforms or just text us. I think I think we're probably we're probably on a, a pretty personal level with with most of you guys. So. Yeah, for sure. For um, sure. But aside from that, uh, we will uh, be back with y'all next week. Chase, enjoy your uh, your trip that you're going on this yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah, sure will. Yep. Enjoy. Um, Take care of my wife this weekend and you and your wife take care of her and make sure that she'll have a good time. My wife. <laughs> my wife. I knew that was coming. <laughs> I saw it as soon as your hand went up. I <laughs> uh, couldn't hold it, but all right. All right. We'll talk to y'all next time. Bye. Bye.